Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. Welcome. I see everybody here on Instagram and on Facebook Live. And then we also have our listeners on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and various other uh, podcasts that I just um, discovered that um, Imperfectly Perfect Live is being heard in Germany, is being heard in Ireland, is being heard all over the world. And I'm excited for this platform. I'm excited for what God is doing and just the expansion of the platform. And I'm just humbled by the magnitude of God's glory. I'm just, you know, someone that just wants to be used by God and someone that just wants to fulfill my God-given purpose. And that is to be a blessing to others and that's to see all of us win, to see all of us win, to push past our um, imperfections to, to fulfill our God-given purpose. So that is my heart's desire, and that is what God has created me to do, to impact you guys on a weekly basis. So I'm grateful for each and every one of you supporting this platform and just elated for what God is going to continue to do throughout um, Imperfectly Perfect Live. Hi, Melissa. Welcome. So um, before we get into tonight's podcast i'm gonna say a word of prayer we're going to do a little bit of review of what we talked about last week and then we're going to get right into it all right thank you holy spirit god i thank you father god for your presence first and foremost father i thank you god for who you are who you continue to be not just in my life but in those that are watching and listening's lives as well father holy spirit i ask that you have your may have your way father move however you choose to move father may your perfect will be done in the mighty name of jesus god whatever it is god even though i study even though god i have a word god that's in my spirit god to give birth to father i thank you holy spirit that this is your platform god if you decide to change it around god let it be done in the mighty name of jesus for this is for your people god whatever they need to receive god let let breakthrough take place let deliverance take place in the mighty name of jesus may somebody's life be changed father and never be the same again God, I thank you, God, that somebody should be saved. Somebody shall be set free in the name of Jesus. May your perfect will be done through me in the name of Jesus. I give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Welcome again for those that are watching on Instagram and on Facebook and are listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, our various um, listening podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So last week, I want to go over briefly... Um, for those of you that didn't get a chance to see it, you can go on I Am Perfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page. You can watch um, the replay of last week or you can go on, again, shameless plug, but again, you can go on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and you can listen to it um, in your, during your free time. So we talked about last week more than enough. We talked about more than enough. And what God, hi Tiffany. What God um, had me to talk about or touch on last week was touching the topics or the subtopics of how to prepare to receive more than enough from God. And God was sharing with me that it's important that we make sure that we fast and pray. That we make sure that we're obedient to God. Making sure that we um, are in right standing with God. We have to make sure our character is right with God. These are some of the things that God was saying that um, we had to do to prepare and making sure that we are in the right position to receive from him. Also, um, we talked about examples of God providing more than enough. We talked about um, how God provided more, for, more than enough for the Israelites and for uh, Moses and the Israelites. We talked about how Jesus was used um, to feed the 5,000. He did it and he did that miracle twice. He, did, he fed the 5,000 one time and then another time he fed 4,000 people. 
So showing, you know, some couple of other examples I went over, but showing that God will do more than enough if you're willing and available for him to do so, because God won't do it if you don't trust him. God won't do it if you don't believe that in his word and his promises are yes and amen. So if again, you didn't see, not see it, please go to I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page. You can watch the replay from last week. Um, but I must continue with a lot that I have to cover for tonight's topic. So tonight we are covering the topic of break the barrier we're covering the topic break the barrier and uh, god i love the way god communicates with me a lot of times uh for those who've been following this platform you know that when god speaks to me a lot of times he speaks to me in one word or in just a phrase and it's for me knowing god's voice to seek him seek the holy spirit and say lord what is it that you mean by this phrase or what is it that you mean by this word and what is it that your people need to receive so as i was seeking him god was showing me that uh, especially in the season a lot of us have barriers that's blocking us from fulfilling our god-given purpose we have barriers that's blocking us and it's not just because of hi Dickness tracy it's not just because of what we have gone through in the season. Yes, I'm not taking light off of what we have endured in the season. Many of us have faced hardship. We have faced loss as far as people, you know, leaving this earth left and right um, due to coronavirus or not due to coronavirus. Um, many of us have faced financial hardship. Many of us have faced um, being alone. We have faced different things during 2020 that have affected and impacted us in a great magnitude. However, what God was revealing to me is that the barrier that is affecting us in this season not, did, did not just start in this season. This is a barrier that has affected us and that has started affecting us years prior. And now because of the hardship that we are currently dealing with, it's only being exposed. It's only affecting us now because we didn't deal with it back then. We didn't deal with it back then. And that's what a lot of people are like, oh, well, because of this, you know, this year and da, 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 this year. No, <clears throat> thank you, Holy Spirit. The things that we went through in our past were supposed to make us stronger. But because we did not deal with those situations and those barriers head on, it came back around because why we did not learn the lesson. Every season that God takes us through is requiring for us to learn a lesson. And if we do not learn the lesson, God being the father that he is, our heavenly father, God being the teacher that he is, he will make sure that we learn the lesson. He's not going to be like, you know, how Bush did, Bush did, President Bush did back in the day, said no child left behind. God don't work that way. He's like, no, if you didn't learn that lesson, you want to stay where you are until you learn, because I'm not just going to promote you. God's saying, I'm not just going to promote you. I'm not just going to allow you to receive the promises. If you're not ready, if you're not ready, he's not going to allow your lack of, of patience, your lack of faith, your lack of trust, your, your, your um, self-doubting self. To receive his promises to be able to move forward in your relationship with him to be able to move forward in promotion spiritual promotion or in the natural promotion if you're not ready 
So he's saying there are barriers that's blocking us from growing in him. There's so much that God wants to do for us and through us, but we are getting in our own way because we're not taking the responsibility to make sure that we are free, to make sure that whatever it is is blocking us, getting the necessary help, whether it is through therapy, whether it's through counseling, prayer, whatever it is, we must do the work. We can't expect God to just do it. No, this is a 50-50 thing. We have to meet God right where he will meet us if we're ready. He will meet us if we're ready. But God knows our heart. We can say it out of our mouth, but if we don't actually believe in our heart that it will come to pass, then it, it won't be done. It won't be manifested. So let's break down um, the word break and the word barrier. So break means three different um, <laughs> definitions that I have for break that stuck out to me and it's powerful. Break means to defeat utterly and end as an effective force. To defeat utterly and end as an effective force. So we're talking about breaking a barrier. That means we're defeating it to even being effective on our lives. We're defeating the barrier from being effective on our lives. Two more definitions I have is another one said to crush the spirit of. I was like, wow. To crush their spirit of. When you think about it, barriers are spirits. Barriers are strongholds. Bar anything that is not like God, that is causing restriction, causing um, havoc, causing you to not be able to grow in Christ, it is a spirit. It's a spirit. So when it says break, it says to crush the spirit of. When you crush something, it is literally, it cannot grow. It's demolished. It has no room to, to uh, hurt you any longer. It has no room to hinder you any longer. And the last definition I have for break was to stop or bring to an end suddenly. Break means to stop or bring to an end suddenly. And this is the one that got to me the most because it's like, okay, yes, defeat utterly and end as an effective force to crush the spirit of. But when you think about breaking, like staking, say, for instance, a glass, <laughs> when you break a glass and when it shatters into pieces, there is like, it is, sh it shatters suddenly. Think about a glass and you throw a ball at the glass and it breaks suddenly. It doesn't happen in, 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 um, in what's it called? In phases. No, it happens suddenly. And that is what God wants to do tonight. He wants to break the barriers in our lives. He don't know. It's not about happening over time. No, break means it's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen suddenly. If you believe and if you're ready for it to be done, it will take pl place in your life. But you got to believe that God is going to do it. And what does barrier mean? Barrier means anything that restrains or obstruct, obstructs progress or access anything that restrains or obstructs progress or access so we're talking about breaking the barrier that means that we are putting an end suddenly to anything that's stopping the progress anything that's stopping the progress from us fulfilling our god-given purpose we are stopping it suddenly we're putting it to an end we're putting it to an end tonight 
There's too much work that needs to be done. It's too much that God wants to do through us and for us. But we have to be healed. We have to be whole. We have to be set free. So we're putting an end to these barriers tonight. Anything that's stopping us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. So before we get into... Before we get into how to break the barriers in our lives, we're going to talk about some of the types of barriers that's blocking us. The type of barriers that's hindering us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. So number one, and I'm sure that all of us have dealt with this or um, currently dealing with it. And number one is procrastination. Procrastination. People are like, okay, what's procrastination? Basically, in a nutshell, is not doing something is the is doing something at a at a uh, delay. So if God is telling you to uh, to pray, and He wakes you up, say for instance, three o'clock in the morning, which you know sometimes God does in my life, wakes me up in the wee hours in the morning to pray. And if God is waking me up and I, and I know God is telling me to pray, but I'm like, all right, God, just give me another hour. And then I wait. I'm procrastinating. And what's tied to procrastination is disobedience. What's tied to procrastination is disobedience. When God tells us to do something, it's for us to do it right then and not just say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to do it later. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to wait. No, God's timing is impeccable. God's timing is crucial to the fulfillment of our God-given purpose. Because in that moment, God could be using us to pray for somebody. God could be using us to bless someone, you know, intercede for someone, to, to uh, give into somebody's life, sow a seed into somebody's life, heal, touch, touch somebody's body so they can be healed. But because we procrastinate, then it's not gonna, we're not going to be able to do and be effective. And then, or God may use somebody else. And we missed our opportunity to be used for God's glory to help advance the kingdom of God. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17 in the Amplified Version. James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Come now and pay attention to this. You who say today or tomorrow will go to such in such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make a profit. Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow. What is secure in your life? You are merely merely a vapor like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. But as it is, you boast vainly in your pretension and arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So any person who knows what is right to do, but does not do it, to him it is sin. My God. Thank you, Melissa, for typing that in. So, in a nutshell, this passage is just like, wow, like, so many people is like, oh, okay, just like how I mentioned earlier with that example, 
You never know. Nobody knows the hour of the day when Jesus will return. Nobody knows when their life will be over, when their time here on earth, earth will be over. So the fact of the matter is it's important that whatever God is leading you to do today, in that day, do it. You never know. Tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised, so it's important that we do what God desires for us to do in that moment without delay and without hesitation. Because it says, and we're sitting around here and saying, oh, well, I'm going to do it later. For first of all, we don't know if it's God's will for, for it to happen later. Because if God is leading for you to do it now, then it's God's will for it to happen now, not later. So you have to be careful with that. That is a bear. One of the one of the main barriers is procrastination. A lot of us do it, including myself. We procrastinate so much and we have gotten such a bad habit of doing it that is second nature to us. And it's affecting our growth in Christ. And we're going to break that barrier tonight. Hallelujah. Next point. Types of barriers. Self-doubt. Self-doubt is a barrier. And why is it a barrier? Because, and I was like, okay, guys, so when you're thinking about doubt, a lot of times, some, a lot of us, you know, we may, we may doubt um, God's capability. But before that, we have, when you have self-doubt, that means that you are doubting what you can do. You're doubting what you're capable of. So, um, if God is calling for you to open up a business, and I know this example a lot because I can relate to it. Um, but if God is calling for you to open a business and you're like, oh, I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I don't have the financial, um, savvy for it. And God is like, but I didn't ask you that. I just asked for you to be available. I just asked for you to trust me. Because when we doubt our capability, we're telling God that we don't trust him. We're telling God that we doubt his capability of using us in spite of not having the qualifications naturally, the natural qualifications. But God is saying, I qualify you. God is saying, I qualify you. I'm not asking for you to have a, a master's degree. I'm not asking for you to have a million dollars. No. God says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. So because of that, we need to trust them. God also said in Philippians 4.13 that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So it's not meant for us to try to depend on ourselves, to try to depend on our own strength, but to depend on God and, and seek him and depend on his strength, depend on him. For him to do it in our lives. So number two again is self-doubt. And a, a quotation that I found while I was researching and studying. This one was like wow. It says don't dig up with doubt what you planted in faith. Wow. It says again don't dig up with doubt what you planted in faith. And that's by Elizabeth Elliot. So basically it's saying, huh, if you sold, if you sold a seed into the ground 
And you say, Lord God, I trust you that I'll be debt free. And then you turn around. And when, you know, because it's not happening when you thought it was going to happen, because it's taking a little longer than you thought it was going to take. Then you start, oh, well, you know what? I'm good. And you start trying to make things happen yourself. You start applying for jobs and take a job that that's not even in God's will because you're trying to make things happen for yourself. You're trying to, you know, uh, accepting business deals that God didn't even ordain. You're digging up what you already planted. You're digging it up and saying, you know what? I know I planted that seed, but I don't see I don't see it growing. And in order for a seed to grow, you have to water it. In order for a seed to grow, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to sow this seed. And yes, faith, faith is the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But even with that, you have to water it. That means you have to pray daily. You have to seek God's face and say, Lord, okay, I know what you said in your word. I know what you promised me. So, Lord, what is it that you desire for me to do in this season to make sure that seed is being watered to see it grow? can't just plant a seed and then it don't get no sunlight. It don't get any water. No, it has to be your promise has to be um, attended to. And it's your responsibility to make sure your seed grows. To make sure your relationship with Christ grows. So let's go to Genesis chapter 18 verse 10 through 14. And we're going to read from the New International Version. <clears throat> Genesis Genesis chapter 18 verse 10 through 14 we're going to read from the NIV <clears throat> it says then one of them said I will surely return to you about this time next year this this story is about Sarah and Abraham they were believing God to have a child <laughs> Leaving God to have a child and it took some time and now Sarah and Abraham are very old in age and Sarah is beyond a childbearing years, so she basically stopped believing that it was going to happen any longer and she already um, gave and allowed Abraham to you know have a son with Hagar his concubine because she she lost faith she she lost um faith in God that he was going to do it and had self-doubt in herself because she was Thinking that she wasn't able to give birth to a child because she was older in age. So let's read it again. Genesis 18 verse 10 through 14 NIV version. It says. I was then one of them said I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah your wife will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent. Which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah, Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have pleasure, have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. My God. God is like listen. I don't care that you're old. I don't care that in a natural. It's, it's not um, natural for you to have a child. Even though you're 90 years old. I don't care about that. God is saying no. You need to trust me. 
You need to trust in, in my capability. You need to trust that my promises are yes and amen. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. Know that what I said will come to pass. And it will happen at my timing. So we have to believe in God and we have to trust them, even if we don't have the qualifications, even if we don't, you know, have what is seen or looked the part or sound the part. It does not matter. We can't doubt ourselves. We can't doubt who we who we are in Christ. Because we, we doubt ourselves, we're basically telling God we don't trust them. Next point. <clears throat> Next point, types of, we're talking about types of barriers. Number three is laziness. Laziness is a type of barrier that is blocking us and it's hindering us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. And this is something, and I'm talking about barriers that did, did not just, um, did, were not just created in this season, but were things that had taken place prior now. We can't say, oh, well, I just became lazy because um, now I'm laid off and, you know, I just I just started getting lazy. No, that's not true. Because people that are not lazy, just because they're out of work, they're not going to just know. They, they're like, listen, no, I got to keep my hand to the plow because they're not lazy people. So just because, you know, um, because they were laid off, no, they, they put in their hands. How many people in this pandemic, they were laid off and they started creating businesses. They started writing books. They started, I mean, just, you know, allowing God to use them. It's allowing, allowing God to show them the gifts that they have. And put their hands to the plow. They didn't allow that barrier. They didn't allow the fact that they were laid off to, to cause them to be lazy. So any, all of these barriers in this season were only manifestation of things we did not take care of prior to now. And it has, it has now been manifested in our lives in this season. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. And I'm going to read in two different versions because they both um, uh, touch on it, laziness, in a different way. So let's first read from the NIV version. And then we're going to read from the Amplified version. So Proverbs 1915 NIV says, Laziness brings on deep sleep. And the shiftless go hungry again it says laziness brings on deep sleep and the shiftless go hungry my god when i saw the word shiftless i was like wow that right there touched home because it's like in this season there was a shift that took place in our lives and a lot of us did not recognize the shift when it took place because of our laziness. God shifted us in the season. Many of us that are called to be entrepreneurs, my God, a lot of us in this season, God birthed businesses. God created books out of us. But because many of us have been lazy, we missed our opportunity. We had nothing but time. 
God allowed us to have nothing but time so that we can hear his voice, so that we can be sensitive to his instructions and move with the shift. But our laziness got in the way. Because we got allowed ourselves to, to get into a state of depression, allowed anxiety to grip us, allowed our mental state to control, uh, control us instead of allowing God to shift us and to move with the shift. So that was uh, the NIV version. The Amplified version of Proverbs 19:15 says, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep unmindful of lost opportunity and the idle person will suffer hunger my god and this in the amplified version it talks about us being unmindful of lost opportunity many of us have doesn't have not recognized that we missed out on opportunities because of our laziness because we didn't follow suit, because we didn't want to get up, because even though we had nothing but time, we didn't want to take that, use that time wise, wisely to get our credit in order to start evaluating certain things, to, to save money, you know, certain things that because we of our laziness. A lot of us have missed the opportunity and we're not even sure if that opportunity is going to come back around again. Because sometimes God, you know, he does give us grace and he does allow the opportunity to come back around. But then that could be years from now. That could be five, ten years from now. If the Lord Jesus doesn't come back before then. But however, huh, my God, a lot of times that opportunity does not come back again. And that's our responsibility and that's our bad for not following suit when God showed us that the shift. Had taken place in our lives. So number three. For the barrier. Types of barriers in our lives. Is laziness. Number four. Type of barrier. Is rejection. Rejection. <laughs> how many of us. How many of us have been rejected in our lives. I hold up both of my hands. I've been rejected. A lot in my life. And as far as being rejected, okay, in relationships, rejected in so-called friendships, rejected um, in professionally from employers, rejected uh, as far as academically, not being accepted to certain colleges that, you know, I wanted to go to, uh, certain jobs that I applied to, being rejected. We've all experienced rejection. But this is the kicker. That God revealed to me tonight, or as I was studying rather, is that rejection comes with the territory. Rejection comes with the territory. It's like, what's the territory? The territory is when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, rejection came with it. Why? Because Jesus was rejected. The word of God says many are called, but few are chosen. And the reason why it says, says that is because a lot of us, uh, some people, let's just say this right. Some people have been given the opportunity, opportunity to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, but rejected Jesus because a lack of belief in that of who he is. 
a lack of belief of what he did because they they didn't don't believe that he died on the cross for our sins that he's the savior and because of that jesus experienced many many times being rejected by people and because we are king's kids because we are heirs to the throne of god because we are like christ we are christians right we are disciples that means we are followers of christ we are we we experience rejection as well. So let's go to um Luke chapter 10 verse 16 in the NIV. <clears throat> Luke chapter 10 verse 16 in the NIV. Because the thing is when we realize that we are rejected because we serve Jesus, we will be less affected by it. Once we realize that we are rejected because we serve Jesus, we will be less affected by it. And I say less affected because it's not saying that we won't be affected by it because we're natural. We're natural beings and we are, we are of the flesh. So if somebody rejects us, yeah, we're going to experience rejection. Yeah, we're going to feel disappointed because, yeah, we expected a different outcome from that. But when we get our mind focused on the fact that, oh, I'm rejected because I serve Jesus Christ and it comes with the territory. Then we were like, man, it won't affect us as much because we know that it's, it's going to come. And it's, it's, it's nothing that we can do about it. We can't control those people. But all what we, what we can control is how we react to the re rejection. What we can control is how we react to it. Will we allow it to hinder us? Will we allow it to continue to be a barrier in our lives? Or will we keep it pushing and keep going? We can't let that hinder us. A lot of people have received a lot of no's before they received the yes. But those that are successful, my God, they keep going until they receive the yes. So let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 10, verse 16 in the NIV, New International Version. <clears throat> it says, whoever listens to you listens to me whoever rejects you rejects me but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me my god so this is jesus talking he's saying whoever listens to you they listen to me so when they listen to us listen to the word that we share listen to whatever god tells us uh, tells us to tell them they're listening to jesus whoever rejects us they're rejecting Jesus. My God. And when they reject Jesus, they reject God because God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus. So we can't think it strange when people reject us because we serve the Savior. We serve the ruler of all things. We serve a God that created everything. So we have to stop being in our feelings every time people reject us. They rejected Jesus. And because we're Christians, people are going to reject us. And the sooner we understand that, the better. 
And I'm not saying, I'm going to say this again. I'm not saying that you're not going to feel some type of way when you experience rejection. But you cannot let that hinder you because it's a part of the territory. You're going to be rejected. You're going to be let down. You're going to be disappointed. But when we realize that it's all for the glory of God to know that when we reach the finish line, when we make it to the next level and we look back on and say, wow, my God, he did it. God did that. Not me. Because God wants us to depend on him. When we depend on him and allow him to do it, allow him to change things around, turn things around in our lives. My God, God gets all the glory for it. And that's what he wants. He wants for us to depend on him. And and, contrary to belief, rejection actually makes us stronger. Rejection makes us stronger. Because how many of us, and, and I remember being rejected from Howard when I applied to Howard years ago and knowing good and well that it was not meant for me to go to school, but I wanted to be, go to HBCU so bad. I wanted to be on a dance team and I was willing to change my major so I can do it. But I knew that I was called into the art field and I was called to, you know, um, I didn't know at the time that, you know, graphic design was going to be the uh, lane that God was going to take me on. But I was attracted to fashion, which I still am. And Howard was not built for teaching the fashion major or teaching the fashion profession. And I was so disobedient in doing that. So when I got rejected from Howard, I was like, God, like I got the grades. I got this. I got that. And he's like. That's not the plan I have for you. I was getting in my own way. That wasn't the plan God had for me. And how many of us, you know, sometimes we get in our own way because we are trying to accept something that is not in God's perfect will. And when we are rejected by it, we get upset. We start, you know, doubting God. We start, we get mad at God saying, Lord, I can't believe you did this to me. I thought this was going to happen. And God said, I never told you that was, that was my plan for your life. But yet you still went that route. And that's on you. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, God has got me in check plenty of times. Like, listen, I gave you free will. That's for you to follow me. Now, whether you want to. Um, do my permissive will or whether you want to do um, the will that I've that I've laid out before you that's up to us so next point so we just talked about another type of barrier is rejection number five uh, type of barrier is unforgiveness unforgiveness and this is a barrier because my god A lot of us have not been able to move forward in our lives because we have yet to forgive those who have done us wrong. We have yet to forgive those who've done us wrong. And we're sitting around with bitterness in our hearts, sitting around with jealousy in our heart, sitting around. And it's blocking us. We can't grow if we have unforgiveness in our heart because the word of God talks about us, us forgiving our brothers and sisters. If Jesus, my God, if Jesus forgave gave um, the sins of the world and he forgives us huh, in spite of what we've done, he wipes the slate clean every time you repent. 
Who are we to not forgive our brothers and sisters? Who are we to not forgive others when they do us wrong? Does it hurt? Yes. Did they do wrong? Yes. But. And also, thank you, Holy Spirit. We can't always wait for somebody to apologize to forgive them. Because a lot of times what's going to happen in your life is that that person won't apologize for what they did wrong. But that you should not allow that to continue to be a barrier because they are not admitting to their wrong. You are responsible for how you react. You are responsible for your own life for your own journey in Christ. So you need to seek the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, give me the strength to forgive. Give me the strength, Father God, to let this thing go so that I'm not affected by this every time I see their face, every time I hear their voice, every time I hear their name. A lot of us are affected by people because every time we hear about them, we just like, yo, like it, it causes us to be bitter, it causes us to have hatred in our heart, and that's not of God. That's a barrier. We have to let it go. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through 17. And I'm gonna read from the NIV. One second. Hebrews chapter 12, 14 through 17. And I'm sorry, this is the Amplified Version. <clears throat> and it says, continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace. That no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble. And by it many, many be defiled. And see to it that no one is immoral or godless like Esau. Who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that later on when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of the blessing. He was rejected. For he found no opportunity for repentance. There was no way to repair what he had done. No chance to recall the choice he had made. Even though he sought for it with bitter tears. My God. This is, oh my gosh. This is, it's so hard because the story of Esau. Esau and Jacob were brothers, twin brothers. Um, They were sons of Isaac the sons of Isaac and Rebecca and Esau was so jealous of um <laughs> they was jealous of Jacob Jacob they both they were jealous of each other really Jacob convinced Esau to give up his birthright even though Esau was the firstborn of the twins and naturally he was the birthright was due to him because he was the firstborn However, Esau allowed his, his, um, <laughs> allowed his temptation, allowed the fact that, you know, he was hungry in that moment, allowed his natural temptation to get the best of him. And he gave up his birthright for a meal. Could you imagine giving up your inheritance all because you wanted to eat? 
And I know it sounds crazy, but that's what Esau did. Could you imagine? Huh. Having an, say for instance, you had an inheritance of $10 billion. And in order to receive that inheritance, you would have to give up food for maybe three days, right? You would have to fast and pray for three days. And after the three days, if you did just that, you will receive that $10 billion. But in return, over that course of three days, you're being tempted because you're hungry. You're going with withdrawal. You would you and you still have to work. You still have to go out and, and do life. You, it's not like you're just going to be sitting in the house. No, you still got to go out and go to work. You still got to take care of your family or whatever it is. And you're hungry. And you may end up giving up your inheritance of $10 billion because you couldn't last three days. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Trust me. Sometimes when you fast, it is not easy because your body wants to eat. When it wants to eat, it wants to eat. And if you're a foodie like me, you want to eat. But that's where, that's where my God, discipline comes into play. God's taking me a whole different route. But that's where discipline comes into play. If you know what God desires to do for you, if you know that God has a future spouse for you, a future husband, a future wife for you, just for you, he created just for you. And because of your impatience, because of you not wanting to hold out because you think it's taking too long and your, your clock is ticking, you allow yourself to give up your birthright. You allow yourself to give up your promise to get in a relationship and then marry somebody that's not in God's perfect will because you got hungry. Because you wanted to give up. Because your flesh was burning. And if you would have just waited a little while longer, you would have received the promises of God. And this is what happened to, to Esau. This is what happened to him. He had unforgiveness. He, he ended up having unforgiveness in his heart and bitterness. All because he gave up his birthright. He did it to himself, really. But he could not forgive his brother. He couldn't forgive his brother. And he had bitterness in his heart for years. For years. All because of something that he allowed to take place. Because of his, his because of his impatience. So number five again is unforgiveness. Number six types of barriers is ungodly connections. Ungodly connections. A lot of us have a barrier in our lives because this this particular barrier of ungodly connections because we refuse to let people go. Even if they are doing harm to our relationship with Christ. Even if they are influencing us to do things that are not um, in God's will. And causing us to compromise. No, nobody can force you to do anything. Because we have free will to do what we want to do. However, people can have a heavy influence on your life. And it's a saying that says, birds of a feather flock together. And it's so true. So if that person 
is, you know, drinking and they partying and you hanging around them, nine times out of ten, you're going to do what they do. You're going to pick up the behavior that they have. If that person is a liar, you're going to pick up their lying behavior. If that person is having sex before marriage and they watching porn and they doing this and that, it's going to influence you to do the same thing because you're around it. You're condoning their behavior and therefore you're going to be influenced as well. So you have to watch these connections that you have. And a lot of times people think that, oh, that this happens to uh, people that are unsaved. A lot of times this happens to people that are saved. And it's not saying that ungodly connections mean that, okay, you can either be connected to somebody that's not a believer or you can also be connected to somebody that may be saved, but they're not living a God-like, um, they, but they lack God-like character. They lack God-like like character, such as patience, such as self-control, such as love, such as meekness. They lack it. And this is something that we have to evaluate in our lives to see who we're connected to and see if it's affecting our growth in Christ. If it's causing us to, to be bound. Any, anybody that is not adding to your life is a big problem. Everybody that is in your life, life should be adding to your life, not taking away from it. Because if they're taken away, that means that they are leeches in your life. They're leeches in your life. And some people connected to, some people will connect to you because they know the gift that, that is upon you. They know about the anointing that God has placed on your life. So they want to connect to you because they want to leech on to their anointing. They want to leech on to you so they can reap the benefits of what God is doing for you. But what ends up happening is that you end up compromising into their lifestyle. And you end up falling into sin with them. You can't be people's savior. That's what Jesus Christ is for. And sometimes we get into connections with people because we misconstrue or we, mis we are deceived into thinking that we have to be friends with people in order to help them. Holy Spirit, we have been deceived into thinking that we have to be friends with people or we have to connect, have a such a strong connection with someone in order to help them. And that is false. There are going to be times in your life where God was seeing you, yes, to help someone. But it does not mean that you're, because having a connection means that they walk with you. They walk tightly with you. Thinking about Jesus' journey and that many people wanted to follow Jesus. There were many people that were even disciples of Jesus Christ. But God, but Jesus chose 12 disciples specifically to walk with him. But even then, a lot of times when Jesus would be going to, go to prayer or he would do certain things, he would call Peter, James, and John. Jesus called Peter, James, and James, and John. Those are the three that he knew that he could trust that he would take along with him. Out of the 12 disciples, he called three people. So he knew that even though I have these 12, these are the three that I want to hold close to me. And then there were other people that followed Jesus because of the miracle signs and wonders that he did. 
But he knew that it was certain people he was sent to help. And I'm certain people that he was sent to be connected to. And we have to decipher who it is we're meant to help and who we're meant to connect it to. Because if we're not careful, those people that we're meant to help, we were end up connecting to. And they will cause us to give up our birthright. They will cause us to give up our birthright because we didn't realize that, uh, that they were a sheep. Uh, that I'm sorry, that they were wolves in sheep clothing. Sent to... Sent by the enemy to tear up our lives. Because they like, uh, they like the things that we are attracted to. The things that our, our weakness. They like the, the things that make us weak. And because those things make us weak. Uh, we have to be careful. Because they can influence us and we're not careful. We're thinking that we're untouchable. We're thinking that, you know, oh, no, I'm good. I've been saved for a long time. So I've been delivered from that. No, just because you've been delivered from it does not mean that you're it's still not your weakness. Just because you've been delivered from something does not mean it's still not your weakness. So you have to be careful with that. You can't be around people. That is not strong in that area. You need to be around like you need to be around godly people that they see um that area that you're weak in and they see that you're going around along the wrong path. They can say, Listen, sis, or listen, bro, like, no, like you I didn't even pray for you, or I'm gonna they're not gonna be doing that stuff in front of your face. If they know that you struggle with pornography, they're not gonna be sitting there watching um certain shows that have sex in it. If it's a movie or whatever, and they know that that's a trigger for you, and they're going to keep watching it in your face, no. Even if it's not a trigger for them, if they know it's a trigger for you, they're going to respect that, and they're not going to do it around you. But those people, those ungodly people that's around you that don't respect that, don't respect that that's your weakness, they want to continue to do it. And like, oh, you be good, you be all right. And because you're weak, you're going to allow yourself to allow them to do it because you're not strong in that area. So we got to get ourselves out of unconnected from these God ungodly connections. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Glory be to God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, Amplified Version says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Again, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. My God. Next point. Types, the last type of barrier that I have for tonight, number seven, is addictions. Addictions is a barrier. And this is, when you think of addiction, you automatically think about alcohol addiction or drug addiction but there are so many different forms of addiction people are addicted to food people are addicted to shopping people are addicted to lying people are addicted to stealing people are addicted to pornography people are addicted to sex people are addicted to so many different things people are addicted to manipulation to manipulating people it's so many different forms of addictions and because and the thing about addiction is 
is that it starts. It can start off as, oh, okay, well, I just wanted to drink, whatever, you know, try this drink. And then, huh, next thing you know, you start drinking more and more. And then, especially if something bad happens to you or, or you experience rejection or you experience abandonment. And then you're turning to drinking, which once has started off as a social habit. Now it becomes addiction and causes you to, because you want to feel that, you know, you want to feel that high, you want to feel, you know, what it feels like to not have to think about that. And you want to use that as a temporary fix to get rid of, to get rid of something. And you can't go that way. You can't use alcohol. You can't use this addictions to get rid of something that is not natural. Rejection is a spiritual thing. Experiencing abandonment is something, a spiritual stronghold. And the only way to get rid of it is attack it in the supernatural through prayer. And that's what we want to get into in a moment. But you have to attack that through, through prayer. You have to attack it through seeking counseling, seeking wisely, uh, getting wisely counseled. Whether it's through a, a natural therapist or whether it's through a counselor at your church. Getting help. Not acting like you don't have a problem. Not acting like you don't have a barrier, a barrier in your life when you actually do. And you're in denial and thinking that you're good when you're not. Because an addiction means is that you're so, when you're addicted to something, that means it's not easy for you to give it up easily. It's not easy. And then you and then you end up doing it like you always want to do it and you and then if you don't do it you feel certain things like the shakes or you feel like a lack of energy, you get headaches, there's different things that happens. You get angry, you lash out on people. It's a barrier. And anything that is causing you to not have con- self control. Cause addiction causes you to not have self control, and that is a fruit of the spirit. To have self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And that's in Galatians 5, 23. Talking about different characteristics of having God-like character. Having addiction is not having self-control. And that's something we have to check. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 through 14. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 through 14. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Therefore, my beloved, run, keep far, far away from any sort of idolatry. And that includes loving anything more than God or participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the soul. My God. 
We have to be careful of what we bring into our homes. We have to be careful of what we entertain and what we let in. You have to guard your gates. That means watch, watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. Watch what you intake in your mouth. Because the mouth, we talked about food being an addiction as well. Give me one moment while I start Instagram again. You got to be careful about this stuff. Addiction comes in so many different uh, shapes, sizes, coming in different forms. We have to be careful about this stuff. Welcome back, Instagram. So we were talking about, again, addictions and how addictions is a barrier in our lives. And a lot of the enemy is so sneaky and so, oh, my gosh, he's such a coward. And I hate him with everything that is in me. And I don't like using the word hate, but I hate the devil. I hate him. I hate him of everything that's in me because he is so sneaky and he plays mind games with our mind. He plants little seeds. Hi, I'm Dr. Pratt, my brother. He plants different seeds in our minds. Oh, it's okay to just take this drink. Oh, it's okay to just smoke this weed. Next thing you know, we're addicted to weed. Next thing you know, we're addicted to um to drinking. Oh, it's okay to just watch this pornography. Next thing you know, we're addicted to pornography. When it started off with just, you know, uh, just trying it out a little bit. And next thing you know, because everything, and I think I used this example before, thinking about for those of you that seen seen the movie Little Shop of Horror. <laughs> One of my favorite movies. But Little Shop of Horror and thinking about how um, Seymour was a doctor and he had this plant. Uh, God, what was the name of that plant again? I can't think of the name of the plant right now. But it was a plant and he would begin to feed this plant. And the thing is, the plant will feed off of Seymour's blood. He will feed off of Seymour's blood. So every single time the plant would say, feed me Seymour. It was, he was feeding off of his blood. And every time he fed off of him, he would grow, that that plant would grow more and more and more. And it was like, it didn't get enough. And to the point that it, it outgrew the, um, the flower shop that it was in. And you see how something as so little as giving it. Just a little bit, giving a little attention, allowing it to come into your house, allowing it to come into your home. Next thing you know, it's just like, okay, go for one drink. Like, you know, going to the club. Then now, now you got the drink, you got the alcohol in your freezer. And then you buying alcohol, now it's in your house. Now you got the freedom to drink it whenever you want. Now you find yourself drinking every single day. And now you you just got it, and now you know you spending your your good earned money, your last little bit of dollars. You you spending your electric bill money on this alcohol. You willing to be out out of light without electricity? You willing to be um, on the streets all because you want to feed that addiction? That's a barrier. We gotta break that barrier. And it's sad to say, this has happened to us as Christians. I'm not even talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about us as Christians. And I can speak on this because it happened to me. 
So it's not something that I'm just talking about. This just this is oh okay, I'm just speaking about it. No, this happened to me. Because I'm allowing myself to socially drink. Next thing you know, I got the alcohol in my house. Drinking whenever I felt like it. Spending my good earned money. Allowing myself to, to get the last little that bit of dollars that I could get to get the alcohol. All because I was, you know, allowed that spirit to come into my life. To fit in, to be socially, um, to socially accepted by the world. When I was created to be set apart, we were created to be set apart. Not to fit in, but to lead by example. But we allowed these barriers to get in the way of be us being set apart. My God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So the types of barriers, again, are number one, procrastination. Number two, self-doubt. Number three, laziness. Number four, rejection. Number five, unforgiveness. Number six, ungodly connections. Number seven, addictions. Now, what we're going to get into that the Holy Spirit really wants me to cover is how to break the barrier. How do we break these barriers that have a stronghold, that have a grip over our lives from keeping us from fulfilling, fulfilling our God-given purpose? Number one, we have to discover what the barrier is in our lives. So we talked about the barriers. Are you struggling with laziness? Are you struggling with rejection? Are you struggling with unforgiveness? Are you struggling with having ungodly connections and not being able to let them go? Are you struggling with addictions? And in denial, the fact that the fact of the matter that you are addicted to those things. Have you been a procrastinator all your life? And you're in denial. Do you struggle with self-doubt? And these are just seven of them, but there's other barriers that, you know, that are out there. But these are the ones that God wanted me to focus on tonight. So you have to discover what the barrier is. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. It says, for though we live in the world. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So the thing is, we have to recognize, we have to recognize that what we battle is not natural. It is supernatural. When we realize that, we will recognize that we cannot fight something that's supernatural naturally. We have to fight it with our spiritual weapon. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Because number one is how to break the barrier. Discover what your barrier is. And after that, in order to, after discovering it, you have to know how to fight it. And that's through prayer. That is through prayer. Having a daily prayer life is important. Having a daily prayer life is important. 
We can't expect to be delivered. We can't expect to uh, for this barrier to break. For it to, and that one of the definitions I'll cover that. And um, again, uh, as far as barrier breaking a barrier is to stop or bring to an end suddenly. How are we going to put a end to our barrier suddenly if we don't pray? If we don't use our supernatural weapon, and that's prayer. We have to understand that, okay, huh, in order for us to defeat the enemy doesn't want us to pray. The enemy doesn't want to recognize who we are in Christ. The enemy doesn't want us to recognize the, the weapon that we have through the power of intercession, through the power of prayer, through the power of even exposing him. When we expose the enemy to the, to the people that we are connected to and saying, listen, even if we don't have strength in our own body in that moment, say if you're struggling through addiction. But even then, going to someone and saying, listen, sis, listen, bro, I don't, I don't have strength in my body, but I know I need help. And I know that there is power in prayer and I'm going, coming to you because I can't even pray for myself right now. But I need you to pay, pray me through this thing. Because the word of God says, when two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, therefore he shall be in the midst. So when we go to somebody else and go to them and say, Lord God, I need your help. Lord God, I need strength to get through this thing. When we go to someone and, and we are desperate for it, desperate for change, desperate for transformation, desperate for deliverance. When we go through, go to someone for help, God will meet us right where we are. And we will receive the deliverance that we need. We will receive the breakthrough that we need if we are desperate for it. But we can't keep entertaining this barrier. We can't keep entertaining the enemy. We can't keep thinking that we don't have a problem when we do. We have to realize and discover what that barrier is. Once we do it, seek help. Go to a minister. Go to your pastor. Go to someone that you know can get a prayer through go to somebody and I'm, I'm saying that for real to say that yes everybody has the ability to pray however you need to go to somebody that God is leading you to go through because everybody is not cut out to pray for you to pray you through there is somebody assigned to your breakthrough there is somebody assigned to your breakthrough Somebody that is going to truly pray you through that thing. Yeah, you can go to anybody and, and get them to pray for you. However, that person that God has anointed you to pray, anointed to pray for you to cause that barrier to break. My God. That is something that just not anybody can do. God anointed somebody for that. Jesus. So we have to have a daily prayer life. And in order to understand that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 8, 18 in the NIV version. Glory be to God. We're going to be talking about the armor of God. Talking about the armor of God. This is prayer is our spiritual weapon. It's our spiritual weapon. We can't play no more games because the enemy doesn't play. The enemy doesn't play fair. So why should we play fair? If he want to come for us, if you want to come for our body, if you want to come for our minds, if we want to come for our families, if he want to come for our finances, no. 
Well, I'm not playing fair. I'm doing whatever is necessary to make sure that I'm free. Why? Because our freedom is our responsibility. Our freedom, our breakthrough is our responsibility. And we have to do what's necessary to make sure that we receive our freedom. To make sure the barrier is broken. So that means we have to keep on the full armor of God. And in Ephesians 6, chapter 10 through 18, um, the NIV is going to explain this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand with your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, my God, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And in verse 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. My God, having the full armor of God is so important because you have, when you have all of these pieces of the, of the armor using the word of God, making sure you have peace, making sure you have the helmet of salvation, making sure you have the breastplate of righteousness that will keep you in check. And then what I love about verse, um, verse 18, it says again, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And that goes back to the point is that you have to have a daily prayer life. Because every single day brings on something else. We can't pray on Monday and expect that the hold is over, over for Friday. Because whatever took place on Monday... There's something else that the enemy might try to attack us with on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Every single day has something else for us to face. So we have to pray every single day without season. We cannot take off our armor because the enemy is seeking whoever he can devour and he's going to try to catch us slipping. We can't be caught slipping in this hour. Because the enemy is coming for us. He's watching our every move. He knows what our weaknesses are. He knows what entices our flesh. He knows what tempts us. So he's coming for us. And we got to be ready at all times. We got to be ready at all times to break this barrier. We got to be ready at all times. Because once the barrier is broken, prayer is what is going to keep us. Prayer is what's going to keep us. Yes, deliverance when we get delivered. Because like I got mentioned earlier, just because you're delivered 
from your weakness does not mean it's still not your weakness. Does not mean that you still can't be tempted from it. So prayer strengthens us. Prayer, prayer keeps us in perfect peace. Prayer keeps us strong. Because Jesus said my, your, my um, strength is made perfect in your weakness. So God would make us strong if we depend on him. Glory be to God. Next point. How to break the barrier. Number three, we have to surrender our lives to Christ. We have to surrender our lives to Christ. A lot of us are saved, but we are not surrendered. A lot of us are saved, but we are not surrendered. What does it mean to surrender? To give your life, your give utter control to God. That whatever he says do, you'll do. Whatever he says say, you'll say. Whatever he says go, you'll go. Without hesitation. Even if you don't understand it. It's not meant for you to understand. It's meant for you to trust him. We got to be completely surrendered. Because if God is telling us to let go of some of these friendships. To get out of this relationship. To get out of their job. To start a new job. To move to a different location. Then we will do it. But if we're not surrendered, we're not going to do it because we have control issues. When you are not completely surrendered, that means you have to check whether or not you're trying to be in control of your own destiny. What is the point of our of us giving uh, making Jesus Christ Lord and Savior over our lives if we want to still be in control of our destiny? When we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we said, Lord, I give you my life. Because everything I tried to do before you, it didn't work. So God, if it's meant for me to give you my life, to sacrifice, to sacrifice my all, God, I'll do it. I don't want to be broken no more. I don't want to be bound by this barrier no more. I don't want to be bound by this addiction no more. Lord, I surrender my life unto you because I tried to get free on my own. I tried to be free by man, but man disappointed me. Man rejected me. And God, you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. God, you said you'll always be there. So God, I give you my life because I know that you're a healer. I know that you're a way maker. I know that you're a deliverer. God, I surrender my life unto you. Break this barrier tonight, God. Break this barrier in my life, Father. I want to be free. I want to be whole. I'm tired of being bound, Father. I'm tired of allowing the addictions to bound me. I'm tired of allowing procrastination to hinder me. God, I'm tired of being connected to people that's keeping me from you. God, break the barrier. Jesus. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21. Galatians 2, verse 19 through 21 in the NIV version. It says, for through the law, I died to the law. So that I might live for God. Glory. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Oh, Jesus. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, 
Christ died for nothing. Let me read that last verse. It says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Jesus. My God. Our life, the life that we lived before Christ is done. It's null and void. It's not even here anymore. We're not that person no more. Stop trying to be the person that already died. You are a new creature in Christ. Behold, all things are new. The old things are passed away. Stop trying to be that person that you once were. That's gone. That's dead. My God. Let it go. Allow God to make your renew your mind. Allow God to renew your mind. Because one thing I tell you, I can't remember the exact verse, but Dr. Pratt is on here. If he knows the verse, he can type it in for me. Is that if you have been delivered from something. And if you take on that addiction again, if you take on that lifestyle again and allow yourself to leave the things of God. That thing, that addiction, that spirit will come back seven times seven. That spirit will come back seven times seven. And when it comes back, it will be harder to get rid of it. It will be harder to get rid of it now than before. And that's what happened to a lot of us. We were delivered. We accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We received our breakthrough. We received our freedom. But we allowed ourselves to get into the mix. Allowing ourselves to be deceived. Allowing ourselves to think that we were untouchable. Thinking that just because we were delivered at one point in time. That the enemy still won't be able to tempt us with that weakness. Because we convinced ourselves that oh, I was delivered from it. So I can't possibly be weak anymore. No, that's false. And now, when we got ourselves back into it, that spirit came back seven times seven. And now, a lot of us have been in that condition for years. For years. And you're still struggling. I sense in the spirit that you desire to come back to Christ. You desire to get back with him. But that stronghold has such a it has such a grip on your mind it has such a grip on your spirit man is that it's such a war in the film against your flesh and your spirit that you want to come back but your flesh and your spirit man are constantly at war but the reason why you have the barrier has not been broken in your life because you're still connected you're still connected to the ungodly connection. You're still connected to people that's not right, right for you. You're still putting yourself in a position to be tempted. When you truly want deliverance, when you truly want breakthrough, when you truly want your barrier to be broken, you will remove yourself. You got to flee. You got to run away from it. That means getting out of the relationship. 
I tell you, when I was truly ready to get my life right with Christ, I had to let go of, uh, get out of a relationship that I was not supposed to be in, moved all the way from a different state. I had to let go of friendships that was not good for my life. When you're truly desperate, you got to get out. You can't expect yourself to be delivered from addictions. If you're still hanging around people that's addicted to the same thing you're addicted to. No, you got to get away. You got to stop connecting yourself. I don't care if that means changing your number. I don't care if that means changing your job. I don't care what it means. Your deliverance is your responsibility. You got to be willing and able and ready. The enemy's not playing fair. You got to be ready to be delivered. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Next point. Next point, how to break the barrier. We have to trust God. We have to trust God. A lot of us has been doubting, doubting God. We've been doubting ourselves and what God will do through us and for us. We got to trust him. Let's go to Isaiah 26, verse 3 through 4. Isaiah 26, verse 3 through 4 in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> it says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Trust confidently in the Lord forever. He is your fortress, your shield, your banner. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of the ages. Glory be to God. We got to trust him. We got to have a high level of expectation in what God is capable of doing. We can't say, Lord, I know you're going to do it. And yet our doubt allowing ourselves because the word of God says somebody, someone that is doubting him and trusting him. It says you are unstable in your ways of thinking. If you doubt God, you are unstable in your ways of thinking. And when you do that, you won't receive favor from God. You won't receive his favor because they know you're not loyal in your ways of thinking. We are disloyal in the way we think. We can't trust God and doubt him at the same time. They cancel each other out. You got to choose. Are you going to trust them or are you going to doubt them? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We're breaking these barriers tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Next point. How to break the barrier. Number five. Separate yourself from ungodly things and people. Separate yourself from ungodly things and people. Let it go. Let them go. Let the bad habits go. Let the bad people go. I don't care if it's family members. And I know you're always going to be family. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them. But if they are connecting, causing you to compromise your morals, causing you to get into addictions, causing you to get into things that is ungodly, you got to Get yourself unconnected. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be family no more. You can always check on them every now and then. But you can't be um, be close in connection with them. Hanging out with them all the time. No. Because your deliverance is more important than trying to be loyal to someone that's causing you to go into a deep depression. Causing you to, to do things that is not of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 
verse 14 through 18 in the message bible msg second corinthians 6 verse 14 through 18 in the message bible it says don't become partners with those who reject god how can you make a partnership out of right and wrong that's not partnership that's war is light best friends with dark Ooh. does christ go strolling with the devil do trust and mistrust hold hands who would think of setting up pagan god idols in god's holy temple but that is exactly what we are each of us a temple in whom god lives god himself put it this in put it this way i'll live in them move into them i'll be their god and they'll be my people so leave the corruption and compromise leave it for good says god don't link up with those who will pollute you and i want you all for myself i'll be a father to you you'll be sons and daughters to me the word of the master God. God is saying leave it all behind. God is saying are you willing to let them go. So that you can have a relationship with me. Are you willing to let that addiction go. To have a relationship with me. I want to deliver you. I want to save you. Save you. I want to help you. Are you willing to let it go for me. Are you. What are you willing to give up. Are you willing to surrender. Are you want to allow the barrier to keep you bound? Are you ready to break the barrier tonight? Are you ready to break the barrier tonight? Two more points and I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. Number six, how to break the barrier. Number six, forgive those who hurt you, including yourself. Forgive those who hurt you including yourself thank you holy spirit because a lot of us it's not just important to forgive the people but forgive yourself as well why because maybe you hurt somebody else maybe you lied on somebody maybe you uh were a molester Maybe you were, I mean, I'm not putting light on these things. I'm just making it plain for you. Maybe you were a murderer. But the thing is, Apostle Paul was a murderer of Christians. But God forgave them. But God forgave him. And he used Paul to share and spread the gospel of Christ. And he established his churches all over, all over the region. And he surrendered his life unto him. So don't tell me just because you had a past. Just because you had a past life. Just because of the things that you've done. But the problem is. You haven't forgiven yourself. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of the glory of God. And a lot of us are in a way of our own deliverance. Because we have yet to forgive ourselves. We have yet to forgive ourselves for what we have done in our past because maybe we think that oh god i can't possibly get right i can't possibly become back to christ because i've been living in this life for 10 plus years you can't possibly use me for your glory and god is saying that's not true because there's so many people in the word of god that had a past life 
But yet God forgive them. Yet God set them free. He turned their life around. He restored their identity. To the point where if you would look at them, you would have not even known nothing about their past. That is the power of God and he would do it for you if you let him. If you let him break the barrier in your life. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 through 11. And I'm going to read from the Amplifier version. It says, if you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of and with the approval of Christ. To keep Satan from taking advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. The, the enemy he doesn't want us to forgive ourselves. He doesn't want us to forgive people because when you have unforgiveness in your heart, the longer you have unforgiveness in your heart, you will always be bound. Because un unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Unforgiveness leads to anger. Unforgiveness leads to strife, causing you to slander people's names, causing malice to happen. Unforgiveness uh, is the root of different things. So if he can cause you to hold that unforgiveness in your heart, he has you right where he wants you. But we are aware. I'm exposing the enemy tonight. We're aware of the enemy's schemes. We're aware of what he's trying to do. And we're breaking these barriers tonight. One last point, and I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. How to break the barrier. It's number seven, we have to commit to doing God's will. Without hesitation or delay. We have to commit to doing God's will. Without hesitation or delay. We have to do what God is telling us to do when he tells us to do it. And we have to commit. We have to commit. Let's go to 1 Kings 8 chapter 61. 1 Kings 8, chapter 61 in the NIV version. And it says, And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. God desires for us to be obedient to him. God requires for us to be committed to him. What is the point of us establishing a relationship with Christ. It will not be committed. Just like when you're in a relationship. And it requires for you to be in a committed relationship. That's the same thing that Christ wants. He wants you to be obedient. He wants you to be committed. He wants you to be loyal. He wants for us to be loyal. He wants for us to do what he desires for us to do. Without hesitation, without us questioning his, his intentions, without his questioning his instructions. To be committed. Because when we're not committed, that means that we're going to have our own agenda in play. But when we're committed, we say, God, whatever your will is for our lives. God, whatever your perfect will is, God, I'll do. God, remove my agenda out of the way. God, whatever it is you desire to do, God, through me and for me, let it be done, Father. Let it be done. Hallelujah. 
My God. So let's go over these points one more time. How to break the barrier. We have to, number one, discover what the barrier is. Discover what the barrier is. Number two, a daily prayer, prayer life is necessary. Why? Because that is your weapon in spiritual warfare. Number three, we have to surrender our life to Christ, meaning give God complete and other control over our lives. Number four, we have to trust God no matter what, even if we don't understand it. Number five, separate yourself from ungodly things and people. Number six, forgive those who hurt you, including yourself. Number seven, commit to doing God's will without hesitation or delay. Glory be to God. So I want to pray now for everybody that is watching the show, watching the future, and that is listening tonight. Glory be to God. Because I feel like God wants to break the barrier. Many of us have been bound for so long. We have been allowing the enemy to hold us hostage and allowing our mind to be kept bound by in um, bondage. Father God, I thank you. God, I pray, God, for every person that is watching. Every person that is listening right now in the name of Jesus. God, I come to you, God, in the authority that you have given to me, Father God, to stand in the gap. That we shall be free in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I come against the barrier of addiction. I come against, Father, the barrier of procrastination. The nation, God, I come against Father the barrier, God, of ungodly connections in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I come against Yerabasokoya, the barrier, Yerabasokoya, a self doubt, God, and lack of faith, Yerabasoya. God, I come against Yerabasoya, the um. The barrier, God, of unforgiveness in our heart, God. The barrier of bitterness, Yerabasoya. The barrier of anger, Father God. I come against it right now in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Yerabasokoya. Father God, I stand in the gap, Yerabasokoya. Asking, Father God, as you touch us, God. Touch our minds in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Free us, God, from depression. Free us, God, from anxiety. Free us, Father God, from rejection, God. Free us, Yerabasokoya, of every mind-battling spirit that has kept us bound God hindering us God from growing in you God hindering us God from growing God hindering us God from being free in the mighty name of Jesus Father God I rebuke the enemy God from causing God to seek God to be amongst us Father in the name of Jesus causing us God to be convinced Father that just because we had a past life that just because God we have suffered God from different addictions and we suffered God in the allowed ourselves to be abound by strongholds God that is too late to get it right that is too late to be free God but I thank you God that you have allowed this moment and time to come place because you have desired for us to God to break every barrier any barrier Father God may be cut down at the root in the mighty name of Jesus I declare and decree that every barrier that every stronghold 
Yerra Basokoya. That is no longer Yerra Basokoya. It is demolished Yerra Basokoya through the power Yerra Basokoya of the Holy Spirit Yerra Basokoya that resonates on the inside of us, God. No longer, God, shall we be bound, God. No longer shall we be bound, God, but the change Yerra Basokoya. Father God, I thank you, Father God, that we will move on, God. That we move forward in the mighty name of Jesus. That we will grow in you, Father God. That we will not allow, God, our own selves to get in the way, Father God, for fulfilling our God-given purpose, Father. God, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that you will bring, God, godly connections in our lives, Father God. Bring people, Father God, that truly want what's best for us. Bring people that truly want for us to, God, to get better in you, God. That truly want for us to be free in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you're breaking those relationships. That you're tearing us, taking us away, God, from the people, God, taking us out of the, the, um, the situations, God, taking us out of the atmosphere, God. Put us, God, in the right position, Father. Maybe willing and available, God, to receive from you. Willing and available, God, to receive your power, to receive your glory, God. God, I thank you. I thank you, Father God, that we will, Father God, be used for your glory. God, that you will restore our identity in the name of Jesus. You will restore our identity as we surrender to you, Father, and give it all unto you. Give you utter control of our lives. God, I thank you, Father. That you would turn our lives around, God. Renew our minds, Father God, to think like you, to talk like you, to go where you lead us to go, Father, to walk like you in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you're turning our lives around, that you're breaking the barrier, that we are free in the name of Jesus. That we are victorious, oh God. That we are victorious, that we are overcomers, Father. And the enemy, Yerabasoya, is under our feet. Yerabasoya, he is under our feet. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God, I pray for our families, every one of our loved ones, Father. The ones that we may be interceding for. I pray for my dad in the name of Jesus. I pray for my cousins. I pray for my aunts and my uncles, God. I pray for each and every one of our loved ones, God. That may be bound, Yerabasokoya. By addictions, by procrastination, by laziness, God. I plead the blood of Jesus, God. And they are free tonight. They are free in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you're faithful. And that you are delivering. It is already done in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before I leave, I know it's been lengthy, but it's necessary. I don't care about the time. I just want to make sure that I get God's will done. I want to make sure because somebody's going to watch this in the future. Somebody's going to listen in the future. And time is not of my concern. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And before I leave, I want to make sure that I extend the gift of salvation and rededication to someone that may not be saved. And maybe you're watching now. And as I was talking about breaking the barrier, you saw and you discovered that one of these barriers is something that you've been dealing with. And you know that in order for you to be free, in order for you to receive your full 
deliverance. You must be saved. Because in order to receive deliverance, you must be saved by the deliverer. And if you're ready, glory be to God, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize I am a sinner. I realize, Jesus, I need you in my life. God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I ask you to cleanse me, wash me, make me whole. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. God, I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. I surrender myself unto you. I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome into the body of Christ. The best decision that you could ever make. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing because your life, your life is now. You will now have the opportunity to live eternity. Why? Because you are a new creature. All the old things are gone. Behold, all things have become new in your life. Glory be to God. You are a king, kid. And you are the heir to the God's throne. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And for those of you that once knew Christ, you once had a relationship with Christ, but you allowed these barriers to bound you. You allowed yourself to get back into the ways of the world. But I tell you this, that there is still time. If you're watching now, and if you're listening, I encourage you to say this prayer with me because God is calling you and it's still time to get right. As long as you are able to hear this message, this is your time. This is your moment. Don't procrastinate any longer. The time is now to get right with Jesus. I encourage you to say this prayer rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize I am a sinner. I realized, God, that I turned my back on you. God, forgive me. What I did was wrong. I know I need you in my life. I ask you, Jesus, that you forgive me. Give me another chance. And I thank you for forgiving me, allowing me to get it right with you. I surrender my life unto you. And I will serve you all the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome back into the body of Christ. Glory be to God. Glory, glory, glory. I pray that you guys were encouraged tonight, uplifted. I pray that somebody's life was changed. Somebody was delivered and set free. Please, whatever you can do. If you were touched by this, please let me know. Share your testimony, even if it's just for me. My God. And if you free, free, feel free to share your testimony with others. It's important that somebody knows what Jesus did for you. So they know that Jesus will do the same for them. Glory be to God. I love you so much. And if you need prayer at any given moment, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can inbox me here on Facebook or um, DM me, direct message me on Instagram on the I underscore am imperfectly perfect. Um, and then you also make sure you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor and Spotify as well. I love you guys so much. Thank you, my brother. I love you for supporting. So make sure you follow um, us on I Am Imperfectly Perfect Facebook page to see the replay if necessary. But make sure you tune in next week when we have a special live segment. I love you guys so much. And I'm always, always praying for you. So until next time on Imperfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys later. Have a good night.